Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for life and leadership in Christ. I'm your host, Tony Meltenberger, and today on the podcast, director Andrew Hyatt. He is the director of the brand new movie, The Blind, now available at all theaters. The Blind is this incredible story of the Robertsons. You might know the Robertsons from Duck Dynasty, specifically the story of Phil and Kay. It's a story about addiction and redemption. And my conversation with Andrew, we talk about all of that. Plus, we talk about what it's like to lead a movement on a movie set. And so it's it's an incredible, incredible conversation. I think you're going to love his storytelling, his ability to think creatively. And uh, one of my favorite things from the conversation, outwork everyone. So now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Andrew Hyatt. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to have filmmaker and director, author Andrew Hyatt with us. Andrew, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, I appreciate it. appreciate the time and excited to be here as well. Well, man, one of the things that I um, love to start off with is kind of a, a macro view of someone's life. So h- how would you describe the calling that God has placed on your life? Mm. Uh, a lot of running away. Uh, a lot of ignoring all the uh, all the all the wonderful signs that God uh, continued to bring into my life. So <laughs> it, it, it was a, a definitely a um, uh, uh, probably a harder journey than it needed to be, um, just from a perspective of of again, you know, um, a little bit about my backstory. You know, I grew up uh, Colorado. And I never really understood that, um, I know this is going to sound very silly, but I never really understood that movie, filmmaking, you know, writing these things uh, was, a, was a job. I never mm. understood that, um, you know, and you kind of wonder, well, where do you think all the movies came from? Where do you think the actors, where do you think the writers, all these things? It just never crossed my mind growing up in a small town in Colorado. And so uh, it wasn't until college that I kind of had this, you know, it was actually my mother that said uh, I was going to study business. And she said, you know what, you're you're really into the creative things. Maybe you should kind of pursue something that's a little bit more exciting uh, for you. You know, you only kind of get one shot at this. So I went into film school at Loyola Marymount um, and I really just got deep you know, a deep dive into the Hollywood experience. And, and for about, uh, you know, 10, 12 years, uh, just doing the thing, you know, living that lifestyle. Um, and if I look back, you know, to your question, if I look back, there were so many hallmarks of where God was trying to speak, trying to turn turn me into say, hey, you know, I gave you some gifts and I want you to use them for me um, and, uh, and, and not for somebody else's glory. And so I think mm. a lot of sort of the recap, if I were to do a quick recap, is... Um, it really took a knock on the back of the head for God to say, okay, wake up. You know, I don't want you out there doing this for someone else. I want you out there doing it for me. But it took, uh, it took a good amount of time. And, and there were many times that I said uh, I, was, I was offered things or, or, you know, things crossed my path. And I was so adamant, I will never make a Christian film. I don't want to do it. No interest whatsoever. And then, you know, here I am. What have I you know, three biblical movies and, you know, two, two very faith-based, you know, films later. And, and, and it's like, okay, God, whatever you want to do next, I'm in. 
Because I'm, I'm really curious about how it must be in the world that you're in, right? Because you, you've become very accomplished. You've done lots of movies now. It feels like a lot of movies to me. I don't. I guess I don't really have anything to compare it to. But uh, successful movies. And how is it showing up in the director space as now a known director and also being Christian? Is that ostracizing in that world? Is it welcoming? Is it kind of just everybody let live and everybody just kind of does what they want or what's that experience like for you? That's a great question. Um, I think it took me a long time to be kind of confident in, in that arena um, with my faith and being okay to um, maybe, maybe poorly choice words, but kind of have it exposed. Um, You know, it, I would say on the first couple of films and certainly when I was, you know, kind of struggling and really finding my faith again, um, I didn't, I certainly wouldn't have wanted people to know that that was going on kind of in the background. Mm. Um, and so when I directed my first film, that would have been, gosh, 2013, 2014, I I was still wrestling a little bit with my faith. I, I knew what God had called me to do Um, but I didn't, to your point, I didn't quite have the pieces of like, okay, what does that mean though? Like, do I need to be kind of this hidden, you know, closet Christian that doesn't say anything and just kind of loves everybody and, and, and that kind of stuff, or, or are you calling me to be more outspoken about this? Um, so I think really it took me a a few films to realize, you know, like most of the world, people are, people are lost and, um, they're struggling in their own lives and they're broken. And, um, and no matter how kind of, you know, how, how forward they are on their beliefs and their confidence in those or whatever, it's, it's pretty quick, especially when you're making a film and you're around people, you know, gosh, 14, 16 hours a day. Um, you really get to know people quickly and it's pretty easy to start seeing, okay, everybody's struggling a bit, you know, everybody, you know, even if there's a bit of a, a, a stubbornness or an arrogance, everybody's still seeking truth and looking for some, something out there, right? You know, who am I? You know, what, what, what's, what's the purpose of me being here? There, there's a lot of that going on in any field, right? Not just film. I think in film, you may maybe especially get, um, struggling people that tend to be more creative and kind of expressing themselves in a certain way, you know, whether that's actors or writers. And, um, and so I think a lot of it, it was just kind of figuring out, um, you know, how, uh, you know, how can I be vocal about this in a way that's, I, I, I never wanted people to feel like this is a Christian set. This is a, you know, you, you know, you can be part of us, but you know, you're really kind of on the outs. And so, we made a, uh, a there were a couple producers early on when I did a film called Full of Grace, uh, which which the next film after that was was the Paul film with Jim Caviezel um, and James Faulkner. And we just made it really clear. You know what? We're not going to we don't care where you're from, what your background is, whether you're Christian or not. We want you to come be a part of something that just blows you away just from a sense of like family, community. Um, why are these people, why do they care about me? You know, it's not just a job, you know, why are they, why are they checking in on me? Why am I having these deep conversations? And I think when I saw that really transformed the set, uh, another part of that was we brought our families on set. So there wasn't Mm -hmm. this like summer camp feel, which 
film sets tend to be, you know, kind of like, hey, we're all away from our families for six months. Let's let's go wild, you know. And it was like, nope, we're going to change that too. We're gonna I'm going to bring my kids on set. They're going to be around for lunch, and all of a sudden, you could just you can just see that that kind of crusty exterior start to fall away pretty quick where people just say, man, I don't know what's going on with these people, but it's very different. Um, and it was never to like, okay, you know, week two, we're going to start preaching the gospel to people. It was just, no, you know, let's start with just showing them something different. You know, a lot of these people have been in the industry for 30, 40 years. Um, and they'd come to us and say, oh, that was like, I've never had an experience like that. Like everybody was was kind and I never heard somebody screaming at somebody, you know, so little things too, right? It's not sort of always big concepts. Um, and and so anyway, it started there. And then I think when we saw kind of the success of that and then people wanting to, hey, we'd love to be on the next movie. We'd love to come back and be a part of this. I mean, it kind of gives you that confidence, right? They're like, okay, yeah, I think everybody's looking for truth and we just need to be there when the time's right and they want to talk about it. Mm. And, um, and we've got so many incredible stories of, of those moments, you know, of people finally opening up and sa- and asking the questions, okay, you got to tell me like, why are you guys the way you are? What's going on? And they say, well, look, all we can point back to is Christ. And this is something that's important to us. And it influences everything we do and say, and, and all these things. And so, um, Sorry, long way around to to answer your question, which is it took a while to, I think, feel confident in that. And I imagine that's in any field of like, gosh, do I need to be preaching the gospel more to my coworkers? Do I need to be out there like on the street corner? Um, And I've just found that it's about just letting people at first know they're welcome. You love them. Maybe you don't agree with their lifestyle. You don't agree with where they're at in life. But... um, it's amazing how quickly they see something is different and they mm. want to know is, is what I'll say. And maybe there's a few that have no interest whatsoever, but <laughs> for the most part, I think people are searching. They're really searching. It's fascinating. As you talked about this idea, you sounded just like a pastor to me, right? Like essentially, Uh-oh. no, you're not going to like this, right? Because Nobody ever really wants that title, but, but it, it, you know, you're pastoring this community of people, um, towards a, you know, a very intentional outcome, which is always the goal in, in pastoring a church. Um, one of the things that I would be curious about is that you, as a director, I would imagine that you live in a very tenacious world of trying to keep a harmonious, intentional culture on set while also meeting the needs of the people who are paying the bills, which is very similar to a church, actually. Um, How do you live in the tension of protecting the culture and still getting the job done in a way that stewards the resources? Mm. Yeah, great question. I I think a lot of it comes down to being wise about who your partners are going to be from the offset. You know, Um, Mm. I try to choose uh, my projects with exactly what you said in mind, you know, is this is is this a producing team, a financing team that understands we're going to do things a little bit differently? Or is this a team that is about the bottom line and is about like, we don't care how it gets done, get it done. Um, so I think from the offset, there's definitely those question marks. Um, because I think when you have that support from the top, it certainly allows you to be able to, yeah, kind of top-down leadership, right, of being able to say, okay, they've got my back over here, 
And so now when I go to my production designer or my cinematographer and, and something's not right, something's not feeling right, again, it's not a demand of, hey, we're, we're, we're burning through money. We don't have time. What are you doing? What's your team doing? It just becomes more of a like, hey, like everybody's here to support. Everybody's here to help. How do we help? What, what's going on? You know, is it, mm. is it a bad combination of, of personalities that you need the producers to fix? Is it something that I can help with? Um, but, you know, I think for my industry, which isn't the case for a lot, so, so I'm sure there's, there's better answers to this out there. We spend so much time, you know, in pre-production and prep, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, sometimes months, that you get a pretty good sense before you land on set of kind of what the dynamics are going to be. Okay, I need to kind of keep an eye on this kind of over here, you know, not in a, a, a micromanaging kind of way. But, you know, I think you're just well aware of like, if there's going to be some issues, here's where it's going to come from. You know, sometimes that happens with talent, right? Sometimes the cast, you know, you, you kind of are like, I've spent a couple of weeks with this person and, and yeah, uh, there, there's going to be some, some clashing of heads and we're going to, we're going to get our way through it. So, um, but it's a balance, isn't it? I mean, everything in life is a balance. So of course we still have a clock ticking. We still have a budget that has sure. to be hit. So, um, but I, I do find with the right amount of prep and the right amount of just, Again, early on, if you can find that team where just everybody's on the same page, it just makes your life so much easier. And I'm not saying that's happened, you know, 100% of the time, even 95% of the time. But when you kind of say, you know what, you know, because a lot of the structure of a film is a lot like most companies, you know, you have you have the director, but like each department is run by their own kind of head of department, you know, your production design team, your camera team, your costume team, you know, and on on down the line. And so you're really trusting those heads of department, like you'd be trusting managers of different, you know, elements to like, okay, this is your team, like, I'm going to let you do your thing. And I hope I don't, I don't have to jump in. And it's amazing when you find uh, just those people that are great at that. It just makes your life uh, uh, so much easier. One of the things that we say around here a lot is that if you're not dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. And I can imagine that in the intensity of producing this massive creative output, that everything's coming at you. It's hard to stay disciplined. What are some of the things that you do on a daily basis to stay dialed in to both God and your family? Mm. That's a great question. Um, it started, it started pretty early. Uh, let me, let me answer the family thing first. Cause that was sort of the first change that we made. Um, we, we tried the first film I did to be a part of the family. And I mm. think that was, it was a small film, um, but it was still about, let's say six weeks, I think was about the time. And it's just unhealthy, you know, it, it really is just not, you know, how God sort of has set this up, you know, to be apart from our families. And there are obviously situations where that's impossible to change, you know, people go away in the military, people go away um, for, for, for other things that it's just impossible to rectify. But for us, it was like, okay. We need to have a two-week rule. That's our rule. Uh, we, we don't we don't go apart as a family for more than two weeks. That's sort of the limit. You know, I have five children now, and um, two weeks is sort of where they start hitting a wall of you know, uh, 
their own disciplines, their own behaviors, things just start to fall apart. You know, it just starts to fall apart. So that was one of the first things we did. And then it kind of graduated into, you know what, I think we just need to be on set because I think it's great for the kids to experience this, but it's also great for people to see that there's families here. You know, again, it's a very kind of rare, oh, the director's got his family and they're all at lunch over here. Like, interesting. It just changes the dynamic. So that was kind of how we... The family thing, you know, and then in the evenings, you know, obviously during the week is a little tough. You know, we're shooting 12, 14 hour days. I'll usually stay for an hour or two after to work on the next day's uh, shoot with with the cinematographer and production. You know, it's just it just ends up being all consuming. But we really try to carve out the weekends. You know, we're not shooting on the weekends. So we say, okay, you know, daddy's not going to be around much, you know, during the week. But on the weekends, we we try to hang out just as a family, take those as days off, true days off. Um, so I think we found a, a better rhythm with the family thing. As far as the discipline of bringing God into this, you know, that that is so critical. Um, just as far as um, having, if you don't start your day, you know, especially... But I'm going to say anything. I mean, especially when you're dealing with three, four hundred crew members and 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 actors, and you're trying to get shots and do all these things. I I don't think I'd survive without sort of you know finding that base at the beginning of the day. But I would say anything, right? If you don't start sure. your day with God, it's just I, I just don't know how you kind of uh, find find the right you know balance um, to doing anything. So, but that's that's one thing we we made. Um, it actually took to the Paul film and we just made a commitment. We said, look, we're going to, we're going to start the day off in prayer on the set that we're in, you know, so whether that's, you know, we're out in the middle of the wilderness or we're, we're in, you know, Priscilla and Aquila's house. Like we're just going to start the day like that. And whoever wants to join can join. It's not a, like, this is the director and the producers only or the actors. It's just whoever wants to join, uh, can join. Um, and that was just such a powerful because I, I feel like you're not only kind of personally, you know, in, in, in connecting with God for the day, but just that idea of like praying over the set and over the crew and all that, like inviting the Holy Spirit into that like place and that day. Um, I have to. It, it obviously made a, a huge difference, you know. Obviously, um, now. Could we have not done it and things worked out the same way? Maybe, but I don't know. There's just something I'm sure you've had that experience before where you just know like God's God's amongst us here. Like he's in the yeah. midst and, and something special is happening, whether it's with a performance that everybody is just like, you know, what is going on here? Like this is special. Um, or you just feel like, hey, you know, there's also dangerous things on set. You know, you've got electricians and construction and you it's like I Praying protection over that. Like, I don't need a guy falling off the ladder, you know, an hour into the shoot or, or lights coming down or something. So, again, you just, okay, God, like, we trust you with this day. We trust you with this set. We trust you with, you know, the message. Like, it, it's not, uh, like, this is not us trying to just tell a story that we we feel called to tell a story. So, God, what do you want to tell? It's it's your mm. story. Um, so, I think all these things kind of play into... Um, a piece, you know, right? Like it's, it's really a piece, you know, can I go into my day when the movie starts, when we start shooting, you know, the clocks are, you know, the, the, the camera's rolling, the clock's ticking. 
do I have a peace and a joy about where I'm sitting or am I just kind of anxious and stressed and, oh my goodness, I hope we get this. I hope this works out. Like what a gift that you can just sit there and say, all right, God, like this is in your hands. I'm, we'll do the work, but this is on you. You know, um, I think that's a, that's a gift in anything. I love that. And actually, I think that that's probably true for any profession, right? If you can get there early and really welcome God into the space, of course, God's already there, but you know, officially kind of give him that welcome, let him have the peace. I think it's a great start. I, I am curious. So, you know, with the Paul movie and now uh, this Phil Robertson movie, The Blind, they're both stories about people's lives. And your job is the chief storyteller about um, that telling and kind of representing in a way this person's story. Um, I'm, I have so many questions about the tension of that. What's it like to carry the burden of trying to represent someone's life? One, Paul, who was clearly a, a hero of the faith, and we have some scriptures, but we lose a lot in that. And two, Phil, who has kind of become this iconic figure and heroine of, or hero of the faith, who's alive, very much alive, you know, what, what, what's that burden like for you? How do you live in the tension of it? I mean, I mean, the real question is who am I scared of more? Is it Paul right, or Phil? Because <laughs> it's, it's a toss up. It's that's, a toss up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, dang, he's heavy hitters coming out of the gate. Yeah. One I'll meet in heaven and, and he, he could have some issues. The other's very much alive. And, and, uh, no, um, it, you know, it it, it it very different, but but still, you're right. The burden of kind of okay, I just want to represent these people well and and tell the story well. You know, on Paul, a little bit different, as you say, just from a sense sure. of you know, we do have the scriptures, but but there's a lot of fill in the blanks that you know you can find in tradition. You know, we had a lot of help um, from from scholars and and pastors and priests and bishops and all sorts of things to just help us kind of frame this in the right way. Um, but the Paul story became a little bit more about, you know, obviously we were like, okay, there's going to be things that we're going to know straight off the bat don't fit into the canon of Paul's story. You yeah. know, you'd read a book, the, there's plenty of kind of, you know, liberal opinions on Paul that you read and you say, I have this, this is just not adding up to me. Um, and so, you know, you start framing where it became more about, okay, well, what's the heart, you know, we're going to have to add dialogue, we're going to have to add, you know, maybe, maybe a Roman character here and there. But like, can we honestly go back and say, does this fit the heart of the scripture? Does this take away? Or does it fit? And and as long as 100% of the time, we can come back and say, nope, like, like, this fits. And here's why, like, we felt pretty confident in, in going forward with that. And obviously, you know, everybody's got their opinions on that, but felt good. Phil, Phil's was interesting because it's it's really difficult to, um, especially a film like this that tends to dig into kind of a portion of someone's life that's a little bit grittier, a little bit more difficult in in sort of airing some dirty laundry, if you will, as far as like, yeah, like these were some tough moments. Um, it was very difficult because he's right there and you're like, you know, <laughs> I mean, on... Uh, <laughs> On one hand, it's great because I just say, hey, Phil, did it? how did this really go down? You know, did it happen like this or did it happen like this? And he was a, a great resource for that. Or And so is Miss K, you know. Oh, actually, 
yeah, I know that one book said this, but actually what really happened, you know, I remember this is it. So it's like, you're like, great, okay, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, kind of capturing someone's life who is going to sit there and watch this taking place. And again, you know, he's in such a wonderful place in his faith journey, right? Yeah. Where, you know, you do wonder though, okay, we're digging up some old wounds. We're digging up some really tough stuff. Is that going to affect him? Is that going to, you know, send him that? And thankfully, you know, again, he's got such a steady ship, you know, in his, in his journey right now that it doesn't, but, um, but it is awkward, you know, you're like, okay, let's, here he is. And we're shooting the scene, you know, where this is happening and it's tough stuff. You know, you, you do wonder, but I think he's, He's so experienced now in being able to share his story and his heart is so in the right place of like, I want this to, to show people that are struggling, that feel like God, there's no way God could ever forgive me. There's no way God could ever redeem something this bad. You know, his heart Mm -hmm. is, will show them my story so that they know like nobody's too far gone. There's no way, you know, you think you're bad. Look at what I did. Um, so I think when you kind of have that attitude, I mean, I, obviously, I don't have experience telling a story of someone who's not kind of faith-centric, you know, faith-centered sure. in that way. I can't imagine, you know, digging into old wounds and they have no kind of centering force saying, yep, like, this is good. This is good for people. So my experience was probably a little different than um, than, than what could, could potentially have happened. But I, I will say just... You, you know, the support of people that believe in the truth and the beauty of what you're trying to communicate. It, it, I mean, that's a game changer. So obviously we don't, we can't speak to Paul. He wasn't here to help us. But again, through the scripture, you kind of get that same thing of like, okay, yeah. I feel pretty confident from these verses, Paul would love, you know, this adaptation or or this version of himself. Hey guys, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Caleb Stanton and I have had the incredible opportunity of editing this podcast for Tony for the last few years. I just wanted to take a moment and let you know that aside from editing podcasts, I am also a worship leader, songwriter, and Christian artist. And over the past three years, I've been working on crafting, writing, and recording my second full-length album. I am happy to say that it is finally releasing on September 29th, and I just wanted to give you a small taste of it right now. If what you heard interests you and you love Christian music, I hope you'll check out my album titled The Good Life when it releases on September 29th. Until then, you can follow me at Caleb Stanton Music on all my socials. You can listen to my previous music on Spotify or any other streaming service that you use. And you can even pre-order a CD if you're into that kind of thing on my website, which is calebstantonmusic.com store. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Andrew. Um, for you, what was it like to get to know Phil? Like, uh, I'm, I'm curious how God showed up in your life through him. I, he's such a, seems to me, and again, I only know him through the shows. And then uh, I watched the movie, the blind already. I, I got, I uh, watched it yesterday. And awesome. so diving into his deeper story a little bit that way, like I'm, I'm kind of curious as you walk away from this whole experience, how has, uh, the Robertson family left their kind of fingerprint on you? Hmm. I, you know what's amazing to me is you just 
and and it's probably different walks of life, you know, having been in in the Hollywood thing for over 15 years around very different personalities. Some great, by the way. I'm not saying all of Hollywood is yeah, sure. evil and bad, but I don't know that I could point to someone in my life that just absolutely without a doubt knows who they are, you know, mm. like like no questions of identity, no questions about faith, like so just um, grounded in it, like Phil and and the whole family really, but 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 Phil, you know, just that attitude of like he truly does not care what you think about him. I mean, not even in like a oh I just put that forward, but I really you know I really go home at night and I I worry what people think, right? You know, I have just not found anybody in my own walk of life that as is grounded as Phil is, is just who he knows who he is. His identity is set on Christ. There is nothing else going on. And again, it's not even in a, oh, Phil goes home at night and he really struggles with the way people think about him or judge him or this. I mean, no, this guy says what what he knows needs to be said. He says what's on his heart. His total focus is on God. Um, And I just think it's... I just couldn't tell you where I've ever come across someone so authentic. Um, and that's why I'd say it's an authentic. It's not like a personality he's developed and figured out over the years. Uh, or like, you know, because sometimes you get that, right? Yeah. People are really good sure. getting up in front of a crowd and sharing their stories. And and they're likable and it's amazing. But they st- really struggle behind the scenes. Um, and that's human, by the way. That's That's all of us. Um, but it was great, you know, Phil in this kind of twilight of his life, um, you know, he's, he's getting older and it's just cool to sit down with someone that just has no doubts anymore. You know, it, mm. here's the world, here's, here's what's important. It's family, it's God. And just like, that's it, you know? And you're like, yeah, but you know, what about this? What about, nope, you know, it doesn't matter. And, uh, so it's helped me again. It's kind of goes back to your first question of like, I could I could be better at that of like, do I need to be broken up when I know somebody doesn't like me because of my faith or someone doesn't like me because I, I had a hard conversation with them about something, you know, or can I just always keep focused on Christ? You know, I mean, that's puzzled, right? It's just like, can I just keep my eyes focused and say, nope, the only opinion that matters is yours, God. And that's, that's how I have to live daily. Um, and again, I don't think it's, we, we don't have to get out there and start, you know, hammering people over the head with a Bible and screaming at them and shouting at them. It's just like, no, like, do I trust the Holy Spirit to come when I'm, when I'm writing a story, when I'm telling a story, when I'm talking to somebody, when I disagree with someone? And then can I walk away from that saying, all right, God, yeah, I did everything that you asked and that's enough. And I don't need anything more. I don't need the world telling me it's great or not great. It's just... You know, and and so anyway, I, I think that's what impressed me most about this family is they just have such a such a solid focus on on, on that concept. There are two scenes in the movie that I want to ask you about. One's kind of funny, the other one's kind of serious, and I'm I'm going to try to do it in the best way without giving away any spoilers or anything else. So I'm just going to ask the first one like this. This is the goofy one. Um, did Terry Bradshaw get to see where he was in the movie? I don't know that Terry has seen it yet, but I know that everything is true. So sure. I'm hoping he has a good laugh about it. I, it was such a great scene. I, I was not ready for it, given the tenor of the film. is It kind of weaves in and out of 
of darker moments and lighter moments. And I was just not ready for what was happening there. And so that was a, a really, um, that was just a really enjoyable scene for me. I, I just, and I wanted to ask if you had to get his permission before you did it. I mean, I, I figured it was true given their relationship, but uh, super fascinating storytelling on your part there. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, and needed, right. I mean, that was one of the things where I like, wish we need a little bit of comedy in this. It's, this cannot be, you know, 90 minutes of, of in a dark place. Like we got to bring, <laughs> we got to bring well, and some Phil's laughs. a pretty funny joy. guy. Like yeah. I, I think Phil and Cy are both, they both are, are very funny and, and they both do a great, I think, I think you do a great job with both characters matching what my experience had been to them. So they, they felt familiar to me from duck dynasty in the movie, but in a younger version. And that was the part that I was really surprised by. Like, Oh, like, Oh, I see what you did there with the teacup. I see what you did there with using the word, hey there, Jack. You know, I see what you did there. Right, right. You know, like it was, it was, you know, which is super fascinating to me just as someone who oftentimes tells stories that how do you honor the story and, and move forward? So kudos to you and your team for that. And the the second question um, is, is at the very end, almost, I'm not, it was before the credits, but it's, it's today's version of Phil in the chair at the end of the movie where he shares what he shares. And um, I'll let people watch the movie to hear what he shares there. But um, I am really curious about what the room felt like in that moment, because I'll I'll tell you that it felt real, it real, just palpable in Mm. in my house when I watched it. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, first of all, I appreciate hearing that. That's great because, you know, you always get a little nervous with sort of a, a, a gospel presentation, you know, especially in film because, you know, it just can go so, it can be so cheesy, right? It can be that altar call in the third act that yeah. just feels like, oh man, we spent the whole movie kind of, I think it's imbued with the Holy Spirit. We don't need to knock it out of the park now. It's there. Like, let's, let's trust the audience. Um, but we just felt like with this one, Phil, Phil has he has so many great moments like that in real life where you'll watch a video of him, you'll watch these things where he just he just starts talking, and it, again, it must just be that southern authenticity or something's going on where you just don't feel like there's there's just not a moment of BS in his body, right? Where you're just like, okay, yeah, yeah. kind of. And I was just so proud of 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 the actor. Um, Aaron, uh, uh, Von Andrian, who, you know, was given this task of like, Hey, like, and we had multiple versions. We had a longer version. We had a shorter version. We had so many different ways of kind of, how do we attack this? Because this particular film did feel, feel like it needed that closure, you know, with kind of the whole setup of, of like, okay, yeah. this is about getting us to this point of like, okay, what's the, what's the point of all this? You know, what, what's the purpose? Um, and I just thought he delivered it in such a way, you know, we talked earlier about like, oh man, you just pray. Can the Holy Spirit show up so that it just, this this actor just doesn't overthink and it just goes with whatever, you know, and, and, and you know, you just know, I've, I've done it enough where you just know when it's happening and it's really special because you'll be behind the camera, you know, and you'll have your headphones on. And you'll just you'll just notice to your point everything goes quiet everybody stops moving shifting fidgeting in their chairs even the producers who are impossible to get to like focus and sit down and stop moving even there you know headphones on 
you know, and you're just like, okay, this is if if this is affecting everyone here. Imagine when we color it and sound design it and do this, how it's going to affect the audience out there. Uh, so I, I was just really happy that we could that we could do something like that because I think it's necessary. But it, it it really, I'm glad to hear that it's authentic and it really came across like this guy's really sharing what happened to him and it's and it's beautiful. So that's great. So is how far so you and I are talking in the beginning of August and by the time this releases it'll be closer to the release date of the movie but how how, how long ago did you wrap up shooting on this thing Oh my goodness uh it, it was we would have finished shooting last so about a about about a year ago last spring so what would that be about 15 months ago Yeah so like this process is so long and I, I never understood this until I started interviewing directors and people who are in the film industry. Like it's like book processes are long, but this is even longer than that. Um, how, how does it feel to you as it now begins to work its way into the wilderness? Is it, is it like, uh, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or is it like, Oh man, I hope, you know, I yeah. hope this didn't, you know, shift or whatever. Like, what's that feeling for you watching this story that you stewarded and crafted and curated to kind of come together and now dump out into the world? Yeah, uh, it it is. It's a long, long process. There's so many elements to it, though, which is helpful that I feel like at each stage you almost are re-experiencing it, you know? So you go from, okay... You know, we, you know, in the editing process, right? It's like, okay, you know, that takes forever. But then by the end, you're like, okay, this, this feels good. You know, we, we, we got there. We got to the place that we needed to get to. But then you start, and it's like, okay, now we're going to work with the composer and we're going to get into the music of it all and all that. And then it's like, again, you're re experiencing it all. Um, and, and so it gets fresh again. And then when you get to sound design, you know, which is a whole, a whole other, you know, amazing skill people have to just go in and start creating the world again, you know, because very rarely can you use, you know, a lot of onset stuff. So all of a sudden you're creating, you know, you know, the atmosphere again. And so that kind of makes it fresh. Um, but, you know, as a director, the, the, the moment when you start seeing people, other people watch it, and experience it, you know, sitting in a room, even if it's a small room with, you know, like a test audience or something, you know, and you watch them kind of go through the emotions and, you know, so to your question, I'm probably a little disconnected from it now, but then yeah. when you watch like, okay, yeah, like I remember being moved by this when I first experienced it. And then you see kind of that translate. It's like, okay, great. Um, but it is, it's an incredible thing. But I, I, I think, this one to me is just so exciting because you know the Duck Dynasty fan base. They're they're absolutely loyal. They love this family. Um, it's a massive audience. Um, but I think we really, you know, as I always try to strive for, you know, I don't really believe you can make a great story without infusing, you know, cr the Christian principles into it. I, I don't know how you do it. I, I mean, unless you're going to make a narcissistic, really dark film that's about no hope and all that, you know, maybe there's great films like that out there. Um, but as far as like, we just seem to be at such a moment in time that I'll be really curious how just a general audience engages with this film, you know, interacts with this film. Because again, it's like, 
we've come through some really tough times. Everybody has, you know, from from mm-hmm. COVID to, you know, the economy to tough politics. There's a lot going on in the world, uh, war and and these, and it's like, I'll, I'll be very curious how an audience watches a film now that does bring some sort of joy and hope and has a a points to something, right? It doesn't just say the world is dark and hopeless and, oh my goodness, what are we all going to do? We're all going to die. But these movies that are, that are popping up and doing really well that kind of point to something deeper and saying, you know, this is the human experience, but, but it's not all lost. We can point you to something, you know, we actually have an answer. Um, I'm excited for this film to get out because, you know, and I don't know if you you felt the same way, but I think it's gritty enough to attract. It doesn't feel like a faith movie necessarily. It's gritty. It's, almost it's real. Sneaky Jesus. Yeah, sneaky yeah, it's Jesus. Almost <laughs> sneaky Jesus. Right. Sneaky That's, Jesus. It's, it's almost if it's it's almost sneaky Jesus until it's not. Until it's not right. But we don't we don't like we don't try to ignore you know the alcoholism that Phil went through. You know the the, the difficult times. And I think that's really going to be healthy for people now. I, I think people want yeah. to see, like, I'm really struggling. Is anybody else out there feeling the same way? And I think everybody's starting to say, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm struggling too. But what do we do? And then I think this is the beauty of the moment where we can come through and we can say, actually, here's the crazy thing. We have an answer for you. I know it's going to sound nuts, but we actually have an answer to all of this, to this, to this. So, uh Yeah. I think this one of of a lot of the films I've made has this sort of ongoing excitement because of that because I'm I'm just really excited for audiences to see it. It's incredible. I I, want, I strongly recommend people go check it out. I have two more questions for you. One kind of joking, one kind of serious. <laughs> uh, before I ask them though, I know that my audience is going to want to connect with you all over the interwebs. Where's the best place to learn about what you're working on, about learn more about the movie, kind of where are the go-to places for all that kind of jazz? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really keep much of a social media presence. I probably need to get better at it. But if you go to my Instagram, uh, it's it's just my full name, Andrew Hyatt 7 And uh, I tend to post stuff on there from the films and uh, little hints of what I'm working on. So, yeah, if you're curious, that's probably the best spot. And then the best place to learn about where the movie's going to be shown? Theblindmovie.com. Yes, please go check it out. It's got all sorts of information. Sign up uh, for email updates, but it's also got, you know, how to bring it to your church, how to bring it to a group, uh, uh, pre-sale tickets. Uh, We'll be in over 2,000 theaters uh, that weekend, September 28th. So um, any, any, you know, support us the way you're supporting Sound of Freedom and, uh, Let's let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, okay, last two questions. The first one I'm going to ask is completely random. Great. Uh, I'm dying to know what your favorite film is. Oh, God. Okay, here, this is tough. This is tough because it changes all the time. Um, I love, you know, films that dive deeper into humanity, I, I can't get enough of. So I'm a big fan of Andre Tarkovsky. I know that's getting a little a little deep into the, the, the film archives, um, Mm. Russian director through the sixties and seventies. I love, love his work. Um, you know, but one that I, I'll tell you what, one, if it's on TV that I'll always just be like, well, this is what I'm watching now. I love children of men. I don't know if you've seen children of men. Alfonso Cuarón. I'm going to make a note. Um, 
I think I that's thought for sure you were going to say Shawshank. Shawshank always uh, gets me. I mean, a phenomenal. Phenomenal yeah, film. Sure. Frank Darabont, what a writer-director. Incredible. Um, but Children of Men, and maybe it's... I'm working on a sci-fi project now, so maybe I'm, I'm kind of in that headspace. But it's just a fantastic sort of... I would say uh, one of the most understated pro-life films ever made. Um, it's basically, I'll give you the quick premise. It's a dystopian future where um, humans can't uh, procreate anymore. There's no more babies. Mm. They can't have babies. Something something happens in, in, in the, they don't really get into it. You don't really need to know why, but, uh, and it's just changed the entire landscape of the world. You know, you talk about no joy, just sort of a dark, heavy, what's the purpose of life? Uh, but then he just threads this unbelievable Christian kind of theological message. Reminds me very much of like Chesterton or C.S. Lewis, like much oh, yeah. more kind of, you know, tailored to a sci-fi kind of, uh, let, let me tell a story about what you don't think I'm telling you a story about, right? <laughs> Which I love. That's incredible. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's good. Uh, okay, last question I love to ask people. It's an advice question. I'm going to ask you to go back in time okay. and give yourself one piece of advice, except I get to name the season of life that you're yep. in, right? And I want to take you to the day before your very first day as a director of a film, all right? And if you could go back in time and yep. sit down with that younger version of yourself and sit knee to knee and hold his hands and look him in the <laughs> eyes, right? Like get really heart to heart with your old self. Yeah. You're getting ready to embark on this incredible film career. What's the one thing you're going to tell him? Okay. I've got, oh man, because I've got a spiritual one and I've got more of a kind of work. Right, ethic let's one. do both. Let's do both. <laughs> They're my rules. We can break them. Okay. 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 Too. So, so the, the, the work ethic, you know, I, I'd say, look, um, outwork everybody. Um, mm. Prep more than everybody because there's going to come a time where your talent, you know, pe- people are going to be more talented than you. Um, you know, whether that's that's sports or life or, uh, you know, it, do- it doesn't matter what the field is, but there's going to be people more talented to you. But if you outwork them, if you outprep them, if you outresearch, if you, if, you, if you put in the time, I guess is what I'm saying, if you put in the time, there's no competition for that. You know, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. the opposite's true, right? It doesn't matter how talented you are. If you don't put in the time and you don't put in that effort, um, you, you're going to waste your talent. It's just naturally going to happen. You may get to a certain level, but you're never going to make it all the way. Um, and so I think that would probably be what I'd say, because over the years, I think that has been sort of the one go-to of when I don't feel confident, when I get a little anxious, when I'm a little nervous, oh, you know, can I pull this off? Like, this is a lot bigger than the last movie or whatever doubts start to creep in my head. It's like, it's that calmness of, you know what? No, I put in the work. I put in the time. I put in the work. Now, let me just enjoy this. Now I should be having fun. You know, yeah. if I'm playing in the Super Bowl and I put in the time and the training and everything, then I should step on that field and have a blast and, and enjoy mm-hmm. myself. Because it may not, I may not do it ever again. Um, so that's that side. The other, the spiritual side is just, um, trust that God's put you exactly where you need to be today. Hmm. And it may not be where you think you were supposed to be. It may not be where you want to be, but if you can just start leaning in and trusting, you are exactly where you're supposed to be right at this moment. 
again, I just think that it's hard from that perspective, A, to get into your head and start to get all those doubts and fears and, oh my goodness, like I'm not doing enough in life. Where am I doing? Where am I going? But it just gives you that peace to sit back and say, okay, God, like I'm here. I, I want to work for you. I'm ready to go. But if this is where you have me today, great. I'm in. I'm in. I love it. Andrew, thank you so much for your generosity today of your time, your talent, and all that you're doing to build the kingdom of God through film. As someone who loves a good film, I deeply, deeply appreciate your work. Awesome, man. I, I appreciate you, and thank you again for having me. I told you guys what a great conversation with Andrew. I love the way he talked about his two-week rule with his family, his work ethic. I think he also did it such a good job of talking about what it means to trust God's timing. He's one of those guys who I just appreciate and, and the creative effort that it goes into uh, creating a movie that, that never, never, ever gets old. So guys, super thankful for each and every one of you. As always, the highest compliment you can give us is sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe somebody who you know will go out and see the movie or just appreciate what it means to be in that creative space. Guys, I'm thankful for you uh, for the opportunity to share this platform with you. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move. <laughs>